At Affordable Medical Equipment, you are the first and only concern. Whether you need a stair lift or a walker, lift chair or bath bench, we are going to have it in stock. Whether you are the senior or the junior now taking care of the senior, we are here for you, which is why we are proud to now be partnering with Navigating in Reverse, a company that holds the same core beliefs and mission value as we do. Since 2006, Affordable Medical Equipment has been supplying the needs of our community through concentrating on one customer at a time. We are located at 1812 Sunset Boulevard in West Columbia. You can contact us at 803-926-1493. A few weeks ago, some shady characters knocked on my door wanting to come in and talk to me about Medicare. I didn't fall for that nonsense, but lots of people might have. So today, we're nipping that in the bud, and we're going to be talking about preventing crimes against seniors. Hi, and welcome to Navigating in Reverse. I'm Anna Gelbman Edmonds, and we're here focusing on adult children who are in the often awkward position of parenting their parents as they age. So, Andy, last week sometime, I was walking in the neighborhood like I do almost every morning with my neighbor, Ann, and she was telling me about another one of our neighbors who I know, but I am not intimately familiar with, and they're an older couple, and the man went into hospice, and his wife also has health issues, and she was telling me about this, and she goes, but the story gets even sadder. The daughter who lives, I think, in Myrtle Beach or something like that, she took him to live with her while he's in hospice. And the the wife was left behind because her health issues are so bad. And there's these two dogs she's got to take care of. And Anne was saying, you know, I don't know. You know, I didn't I didn't know what to tell her. You know, there's no way she can live like that. And I turned to her and I said, this is my crazy neighbor, Anne. I don't know what she was thinking. I said, Anne, you listen to my podcast. Leon Lott was on there. They have Project Hope. Why don't you tell her to call over there? So I did give her Lieutenant Tom Amaro's number. You know him. And I don't know what happened after that. So uh, I think she gave the lady the phone number. But after that, I got to thinking and I wondered how many sheriff's departments or police departments actually have those kinds of programs, which is where they have deputies or police officers go in and help these seniors with it whatever way they can. And so I did some research, and Leon Lott is from Richland County. He's the Richland County Sheriff, and that is the second largest county in South Carolina. And they have an amazing program. I don't know how many seniors they reach every month, but it's a lot. So I went a little further, and I found out that Greenville County is our largest county with over 500,000 residents, and their sheriff's department has no program for seniors. Charleston County's our third largest, and the only program they have is Project Lifesaver, which is fine, but it's for helping to locate wanderers, people with like Alzheimer's or Down syndrome, people that tend to wander, which is a great program, but it's not dedicated just to seniors. Horry County is our largest county, and it has the highest number of retirees in the state. No senior program. So... I know when we had Sheriff Lott on here, I threw the gauntlet down to all these different police departments and law enforcement agencies. One of them 
picked the gauntlet up. And I am here to say that the teeny tiny municipality of Casey, South Carolina, with only 14,000 people, recently created a senior-focused program that they call CASE, C-A-C-E. So I brought in my good friend, Chief Christopher Cowan, to tell us about his new program. Hi, Chief. Good morning. How are you? I'm I'm better today because you're here. I just love having my friends come on to the program. So why did you start CASE and what is CASE? Well, CASE is Casey Assisting Seniors and the Elderly. And to be honest with you, it was not my idea. Um, And the interesting thing is we have – the great thing about Casey is the team, the the officers, they all have the ability, the capacity, and the desire – to improve the community. Okay. Jarvis Riley is one of our school resource officers. Mm-hmm. He has a passion for seniors. He has a grandmother that lives with him. Okay. And that's cool. Yeah. And so thinking about, you know, Jarvis and his mindset, his his passion for people, okay. right? Um, he works inside the school every single day. He works in the community every okay. single day. He d- helps us with recruitment. He is just this 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 bundle of energy okay. and joy, right? And so Jarvis, you know, he starts to put together his thoughts and he says, you know, I want to formalize this. And we've had the goal to and, – and let's back up a step. Our goal at Casey is to police in the sections of the community. And what I mean by that is you have the commercial community, right. the clerical community, the residential community, the school community, and the senior community. Well, I'm going to stop you right there because you're going to take off, and I want you to. But I want listeners to understand that Casey really is very small. It's like a suburb of Columbia. It's a very but you have a mayor, you have a fire department. It's a very vibrant city. We're actually one of the only cities, and I don't don't quote me on this exactly, but where we we're a full service city, meaning yes. we provide water, we provide yes. sewer, we provide um, trash. With only fourteen thousand people, right? it's crazy over but there. But keep in mind our size, our our, our landmass, right. our it's footprint big. is yes. big. We right. go from we're in two counties, right? We we cover across the river in Richland County, all the way out to the airport, right? Which so, is Lexington County. Yes, And they is. have no program either. Well, but <laughs> I think I think the thing you have to keep in mind, though, is a lot of the agencies that may not have a formal program for seniors, mm-hmm. they have a community policing program they that do. covers – that cover the gamut of, of citizenry. It's not enough. Well, and I think what we tried to do was our, our goal again – so in 2021, real quick story, we okay. 2021, we divided – the city said, hey, we want to go from public safety, yes. which meant the officers were doing fire and police together. Right, I remember that. Wasn't efficient, wasn't effective. They divided. So they hired a fire chief and a police chief. You. Yes. I was very <laughs> blessed with the opportunity to come over from Richland County, and and we then developed, created – the very the very first police department, right? right? And so what we wanted to do was we sat down and we we came up with a five year strategic plan. And the plan included we have to divide the city into sections of the community to right. police. The most important thing that we do is our calls for service every day, our patrol officers, they are the backbone of our department. They're the backbone of the community, sure. right? But we have to give them additional support because if we don't try to prevent crime, then we're going to continue to go to calls for calls to call to call. Right. And we're never going to stop the problems from happening. Right. Nationally, 90% of calls for service go come from the same 10% of locations. Okay. So you think about police officers nationally are going back to the same locations for calls for service. Okay. We have a responsibility to do education, awareness, and enforcement. Okay. True community policing follows those three steps. The enforcement portion is very heavy-handed. It's very strong. And we have been trying to do that, and we've. I think our department has done a very, very good job of educating the community on what it is we do, why we do what we do, and how we do what we do. 
create awareness for criminal activity and what citizens can do. Because keep in mind, 99% of Americans will be affected by crime. 98% can be prevented. That's staggering to think about, that we yes. could prevent things from happening. So that's the awareness piece, right? Okay. We, we, we kind of get people to understand that crime can ha- – it's not when it's – it's not if it's going to happen. It's when it's going to happen. Right. And then it's our responsibility to do the enforcement piece. Right. So we – all of that being said, that's where case comes in. Okay. Because case is part of that – that Casey assisting seniors and the elderly is part of the awareness, education, and the enforcement piece. Okay. And so I think when we we have to look at things, law enforcement is getting into the pattern of running. We're running ourselves like a business. We have. I wanted to bring that up. Yep, it's very important. Can I bring it up from my personal standpoint? So I used to do this other magazine before I did Reverse called F Suite. It was for female entrepreneurs and small business owners. And I was talking to you then. I can't even remember why I called you, but I knew I wanted to do an article about you. I can't remember what the connection was, but. You were talking and talking and talking, and you said this wasn't your formal interview, but we were on the phone and you were explaining something to me. And you said, I run my police department like a business. And I don't remember anything you said after that. I remember just kind of like, I I really like that. And then do you remember what happened after that? Um, it was rainbows and unicorns. Is no, all I almost, almost no. And I said, you know what? I somebody challenged me to set up a business um, advisory board. You know, a volunteer yep, advisory okay. board. And I didn't know you very well then. We had just met, and I was listening to you talk, and I kind of like that that comment you made stuck out. And I said. I'm going to ask you something super weird. I don't know you very well, and there's no pressure. Will you be on my business advisory board? And do you remember what you said? I think I think if I remember correctly, I was I was honored. I was yes. You said you, you were silent for a minute. You go. I would be so flattered. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And so we've been buddies yep, ever since. Absolutely. And it's amazing that a cop helps me run my business. As a matter of fact, the other members of that board, and I've never told anybody in public that I have this advisor, but it's the first time I'm outing myself on that. Uh, Not that it's a secret, but I just don't share it. But the other members of the board are like, he's your key person. He's your number one person. He's just like thinks outside of the box and he knows what he's doing. I love you so much. So whoever's listening, you better be listening to him today because he's a smart cookie. Well, okay. no, I've been blessed with the opportunity to, to, to have friendships and relationships with people like you. And I mean, I, and think about the things that we've learned from each other. Yes. And so I think what we do is the thing that I've learned most in life is is I've learned from the many, many mistakes that I've made, sure. including the ones I make today and I've made last week. Right. But the fact of the matter is, is then I surround myself with people and I and I rely on people to it yes. to to be my confidants to me. And that's what that's we what talk relationships about. are about. That's yes. absolutely right. Yes. And so I think that what one of the things that I've learned most is the the people that are the most successful. I've got a a buddy who's a police chief up in Virginia, uh, Jeffrey Katz. He runs his 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 police department like it's a business. Okay. Because he has we have widgets to sell, yes. and this is important for people to understand. We have widgets to sell. We have human resources. We have finance. We have personnel. We have widgets. And the widgets that we're selling are education, awareness, and enforcement. Right. Here's our clients. All right. Our clients are the citizens that make up those categories that we talked about earlier. Right. Our clients are our citizens in those categories. Our clients are the governmental entity that yeah. provides us the authority to to provide service. Right. right. Our clients, the most important clients we have are our team. 
Okay. We have to provide service to our team so that our team can then provide service to our clients out in the community. Right. I know you're so supportive of your— Oh, uh, we have a great team, yeah. and I'm so excited about They it. say they have a great boss. I've talked to a couple of them, oh. just so you know. Talking about being behind my back again? Yes. Wow. Yes. When, but I don't get over cool. there very often, but when I do, I always say, you guys have the best chief, and they're like, we know. <laughs> So let's get down and dirty and talk about case sure. specifically. So um, I remember asking Sheriff Lott, you know, gosh, what's the budget for this? Because he hired back uh, retired deputies and they work part time. Well, they work 40 hours, but he only pays them part time. They're just so dedicated. So is what's involved there? You can't, I know you don't have the budget. He's uh, He's got a huge budget. I know you don't have that. So what's going yeah, on? I there? managed that budget for a long time. And I, you know, and, and yeah. you know, he's got, he's got a vision for what he wants to do in the community. And again, he's dividing the community. That's, that's just to be completely honest. That's where I got the, 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 the idea. Um, and, and that's why we're in the situation that we're in is, is what we're doing to develop the community, what we're doing to create those relationships and that education awareness and enforcement. Our budget is very small. Right. And, and the interesting, the reason, so I've been at Casey for two years. Right. It took us two years to get to the point to where we were ready to um, implement right. the case program. Now, why did it take two years? Everybody's going to be like, why the heck did you take that long? to do? Because we had other things we had to put in place. Keep in mind that the city, city council, city administration, they devoted millions of dollars to implementing the new police department because we had to transform our technology. Our technology was out of date. Well, you say, well, why is technology important to the case program? Oh, my goodness. Get with me. Uh, get, bear with me. I'll get there. Okay. We had to transform our, our technology. We had to transform our, our equipment, okay. our fleet, all of our cars. You know, we went through a transition where we've taken away most of the unmarked vehicles to make marked vehicles, to make more visibility in the community. Okay. All right. So that's one piece of it. Then we had to work on making sure that we were setting up our relationships that would support the case program. Here's an example. We have a quarterly meeting. It's chow down with the cops and the clergy. And you say, I know, I love that program. All right. Now, what does that have to do with CASE? We have to have resources in place that we can support our seniors when we identify them because they haven't been identified. So we have to have the clerical relationships in the community. And we've established those relationships and they've been helping us with education, awareness and enforcement. So now we have that tool in place where they can support us. So wasn't that huge? You all had a tragedy yes. your first year where you lost an officer in like a super tragic way. It was yeah, horrible. Yeah, was murdered in the line of duty. That's correct. And because it's such a small community, the whole community was, was grieving. Well, actually, the greater Columbia area Absolutely. was grieving. It was horrible. And so the clergy came in big yes. for that, too. But what the reason I'm really bringing that up is, didn't you lose some officers? I mean, you've had a turnover, it seems. I, I don't know for sure. I'm at, it seems like you've had a turnover or a bunch of new people come in. We have, we've actually grown. Um, okay. First of all, we've grown in, we've gotten um, three additional grant positions. Okay. So the department has grown. Okay. But then we've also had a transition of officers retiring. We've had an, okay. a transition of officers going to other agencies for higher okay. paying salaries. Okay. We've had, we have had a transition. Uh, we've, but that's we've, normal when a new chief comes in too. Oh, so. unequivocally it is. And, right. and it's because we're changing the culture, we're changing sure, the climate, absolutely. we're changing the direction, we're changing the, the mission, the vision and everything. Sure. So we created different committees. We created a steering committee within the department. Mm -hmm. We created a citizen advisory committee mm -hmm. outside the department. Mm -hmm. We created the clerical community, you know, they, these consulting groups as it were, right. that could help direct the path of our department. Right. Okay. So we, we, take these key groups and they assess what we do, why we do what we do, how we do what we do, and they help drive us in that direction, right? Okay. We couldn't start the case program until we had the relationships in place to identify our community because we could go out and knock on every single door. 
right? Work with Casey Police Department. We would like to identify the seniors and the elderly in your home. And they're going to be looking at us like, who the heck are you? Yeah, we don't right. trust well, you. We don't. We didn't we don't... even know we had a police department. Right. Well, you didn't before, right? right? You had public safety. And they're right. like, so confused. Like, what is public safety over right, police? Right. So we had to do the education process. Okay. What were the differences going to be? What were okay. the widgets that we were selling? Sure. So we did that first. Okay. We put the key things in place. So now we're at the point to where we can implement the case program. Okay. And by doing that, it's a three-phase process. All right. So case is three phases. The first phase is introducing the program to the community and utilizing our resources like the um, Lexington Aging Commission, Meals on Wheels, you know, the, the different resources. Okay. And the churches. Right. Help us because now they trust us. Yes. And so now that they trust us, they're going to go on our behalf, be the ambassadors for us to say, hey, the police department is going to be contacting you because they want to check on you. They want to make sure that. Can I ask a question? You say churches. And I know Casey's very small. I don't synagogues. think you have a synagogue over there, but I think that there is a uh, a mosque. Is there not? So yeah. that's I'm glad you corrected me on that because I always say clerical because yes. it's important to understand that at our meetings, at our chow down with the clergy right. and the cops, they're we have there. every yeah. every denomination Every yeah, we're in the Bible Belt, but we have a pretty diverse community here. Oh yes, so hundred percent. So I just want to clarify that for listeners that we mean clerical when we say church. church. You know, it's the 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 example I use is there's a difference between the Catholics, Presbyterians, and Jewish. Yes, you know what I mean. (laughs) So I mean, it's and we have to make sure that we're providing service to everybody. Yes, you do. Why we divided the community? That's why they have chaplains in the military. They got to be able to. Minister to everybody. everybody. Yes. And we have to be able to serve everybody. Yes, absolutely. Right? So, you know, our again, our clients are the citizens, our government, our team. The criminals are our clients as well. Yeah. Right? They're just not good ones. That, that's exactly <laughs> right. And we need them to go somewhere else. Right. But we'll get there. To later. West Columbia, right? Uh, I didn't say that. The border. Chief Boyce is going to have me strung up if you keep Hi, saying that. <laughs> we love Chief Boyce. We've got a great relationship with yeah, West Columbia. Yeah, you guys are good. Um, but... We've, we had to have those places, those relationships in place. So okay. we put them in place. So now we're working on the identification of the seniors and the elderly in the community. Okay. Those people in the community that might be living alone, maybe their children are living in Myrtle Beach, like you talked about. Right. Maybe they're living in New York. Maybe they're living in California. Sure. Right. So we identify them and then we simply check on them on a regular basis. That's step one. It's just simply, hey, uh, Chris, you know, I want to check on you. Are you getting your medication? Has anybody come and knocked on your door? Anybody tried to talk to you through your ring camera to say right. that, you know, I mean, all of those different things that are simple things that we can. And then we find out, well, actually, you know, I went to the bank the other day and, you know, this guy approached me at the ATM and he said that he needed $2,000 because of that. Mm-hmm. Those things happen all the time. We start to find out really? things that are happening. Oh, all the time, all the time. Oh goodness. We get, there's the scammers are out there. They're the, Yes, I know. I told about it at the top of my I couldn't believe that guy came to my door. I thought I was going to invite him into my house to talk about Medicare. That was crazy. But he wouldn't be doing it if other people hadn't. I knew that other people. This is why I'm. It's why do you think I called you in here? This is important. These old people, a lot of them, just are going to let anybody in the house. They're lonely. Well, and they're oftentimes they're, they're they come from a generation that's very trusting. I know. Remember, you know, remember that I generation. Trust no one. No, you, but you. But I hope you trust me. That's kind well, of well. You earned it. Well, that was hurtful. So, <laughs> but you know, we've got it. So we identify them. Yes. Once we identify them, we can start communicating. Once we start communicating, we can do education and awareness. Okay. Sometimes we have to do enforcement because we find out that that person has been victimized. Right. And then we step in with that. Okay. So that's step one. Step two is then when we find resources in the community that will benefit our telephone tree, 
right? Right. Then we can start providing those resources. So let's say we call Sally and Sally says, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't get enough food every week. Uh, it's simple. We pick up the phone. We, as the police department, we pick up the phone and call Meals on Wheels and we help them out. That's a simple example. Okay. All right. So that's the second step is identifying the resources that are, and there's a, t- there's a ton of resources. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't know about the resources. Why do you think I started this magazine and podcast? <laughs> I was one of those caregivers that didn't know where to, I knew I needed help, but I didn't know what help I needed and I didn't know what was available. And so finally, after my mother died, I regrouped and I'm like, I can... I can do better for people. I'm a journalist. I can find people yep. like Chief Cowan and the realtors and the people yep. that, you know, nobody was doing this for me. So, yeah. And there's so many, there's probably, a, this is probably a gross exaggeration, but there's probably 500 resources out there for this, the seniors and the elderly in our community. And what we have to do is just simply be the conduit. And people say, well, why would the police bother with that? Why is, that's not your responsibility to make sure they're being fed. Well, actually it is. We're responsible for protecting the vulnerable. Right. We're responsible right. for protecting our community. And if we can provide a resource to the vulnerable and to the people that need it, we're preventing crime. Right? Isn't that what our job is? Isn't that what our business is about? Yes. So the second step is identifying those resources and providing those resources. The third step is hosting educational seminars, getting seniors and the elderly out of their homes into the into the churches, into the synagogues, into the. We're listening to a podcast. Oh, absolutely. Right. And there's the other thing is a lot of the seniors and the elderly, they don't like digital. Right. Right. But we can set them up. We can work with them on their to phones. make it easier for them. They all have smartphones, even though they shouldn't because they don't know how to work them. But you can put that thing and they and they subscribe and it just pops up and they open it up and there's the podcast. And it them. educates them. It creates awareness. I know. Right? I know. I tell people that all the time. So awesome. we can do that. We can be that vehicle to help them. Okay. We've got recent, we have an explorers program uh, where these are young people that want to be police officers. Right. They're the ages of 14 to 20. Right. They're looking for volunteer work. Okay. There's other. Oh, so, oh, so they can be your legs. Okay. Nice. So they're, they're out there in the community. Okay. They're, they're helping us provide and services. Old people love young people. Oh, absolutely. And Mostly. We have a lot of different partners that want to volunteer in the community, oh. and this is another way they can do that. They can deliver Meals on Wheels. They can deliver pamphlets of information. Right. They can go sit and just simply sit on the front porch and have a glass of tea or a cup of coffee. Yeah, mostly they want to talk. Absolutely. They're lonely, and they'll send you home with a with a bag of cookies. <laughs> they always are baking and stuff. Uh, let me stop here, and we're going to take a break and uh, listen to a word from our sponsors, but I could talk to you all day, so we're going to come back and uh, see where we go from here, but right now we're just going to stop and take a break. Downsizing or moving and have things you or the family don't want or need? Clearing out a storage space or estate property? The Habitat for Humanity Restore is a great place to donate your unwanted and gently used furniture, housewares, books, appliances, tools, and more. You can schedule a free pickup online at habitatcsc.org or call us 803-936-0088. You can also drop off donations at the Restore Monday through Friday between 9 and 5 at 2814 Augusta Road in West Columbia. Do you or someone you know work for a nonprofit that serves caregivers or seniors in some way? It can be showcased in a future issue of Reverse Magazine. For more information, visit reversemagazine.us. Hi, 
and welcome back to Navigating in Reverse. Uh, we are here today with Chief Christopher Cowan of the City of Casey Police Department here in Columbia, near Columbia, South Carolina. Not in Columbia. It's next door across the river. West side is best side, right? West side of the river. That's still, West Columbia's. Yeah, but I'm still line. hung up on the fact that you're calling me Christopher. You know, my grandmother was the only one. That I call called I call you that. Chief. Well, you, but you call me Christopher. That's very formal. I mean, what but that's you, what it is on your website. Well, I know, but I just this want... is Chief Chris Cowan of the K- City of Casey Police Department <laughs> and good friend who teases me mercilessly all the time. Absolutely. So we're talking about mostly talking about the new program that his department, he and his department, set up called Case, yes. which is Casey for seniors and. Assisting, senior- Assisting seniors and elderly. Mm-hmm. And I w- wanted to talk, I know that when I was talking to Sheriff Lott about it, he kept pushing the fact that these programs for seniors help crime prevention. And yes. my question is, how how does that happen? Okay. If you're just out there giving them food or you're not giving them, making sure they get food or, and helping them with these resources, how does that prevent crime? So take it away. I use the example that when you get on a plane, on an airplane, what's the first thing that they tell you? how to get off in the event of an emergency, Yes, right? That's education and awareness, sure. right? And so that's the first step in the process of safety, okay. right? That's the first step in preventing it. Because if you if you educate people on what to do in the event that something happens, it, it can prevent the things from occurring. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's a very simple, it, it's so, it, it, look, if I'm involved, it's got to be simple, right? I'm, I'm, yes, you know, I, I, please, please attest to that. Praise right? the Lord that you right. said that and gotta I be honest. have to. Got to be honest. <laughs> So, but we have to keep it simple, right? But everybody uses the acronym KISS, keep it simple, stupid. Mm -hmm. I use the acronym keep it simple, sincere. Okay. And so our pro, this case program is very simple, right? We're keeping it simple, but we're keeping it sincere. The sincerity is that it's focused on a, a certain section of our community that can often be preyed upon because they're very trusting, because they're oftentimes alone. They're vulnerable. They're vulnerable. And our responsibility is to protect the vulnerable. Okay. So what we're trying to do is by by educating people on the things that are occurring nationally, the things that are occurring across our state, the things that are occurring across the Midlands, and the mm. things that are occurring in our city, right. we can tell you, look, these are the things that are happening, number one. Number two, how you prevent them. Example is lighting and landscaping at your house. Yes. We can be sitting there talking with seniors and talking to them about you know, the overgrown azalea bushes. Trim your bushes, put some lighting up. Yes. All Keep that. that lighting on 24-7. Right. Remember how we talked about when you and I first met about right. the fact that people oftentimes have motion detectors. Right. Get rid of the motion detector. And keep it on. Keep it on. Yes. It helps the police patrol. It helps the, your neighbors patrol. And it helps the bad guys realize you care about your community. My neighbor calls me when my light goes out. He says, Anna, perfect. what's the matter? Your light's out. That's perfect. I'm like, oh, my kid, one of my kids hit the switch. And I See, that's on. what we want is you want an interactive community. So I think that my situation that I talked about at the top of the show is a perfect one. When I wasn't home when those guys came to my door. Mm-hmm. I was talking to them through the doorbell that they wanted to come in my house. And so what I did after that is I picked up the phone. I happened to have another good police officer friend who's a deputy with the Richland County Sheriff's Department. And I called him first because it was his t- – He's yeah. in Rich- I live in Richland County. And I told him what happened. I have other deputies I could have called, but he was my best deputy buddy, and he did what he could, and then I called you because I I knew that I wanted you eventually to be on the podcast, and I called you about that. Plus, I just like you, and we talk sometimes, but I told you about it, and you took—he checked on something for me, but you took it a step even further. My point being, 
I have relationships with people that when I feel vulnerable, I can call them. So these old people in your in your uh, in Casey who now know these police officers are looking after them. They have their card. They can pick up the phone and call them. Is is that correct? So, yes, 100 percent correct. And I'll tell you the most frustrating thing for police, I think, nationally is people don't call us for things going on. I can give you a couple of, of, of examples, but the fact of the matter is we'll have something happen in the community and two weeks later, somebody will post something on Facebook about it right? or they'll tell their buddy about it. And then their buddy will wait a couple of days and their buddy will text a police right, officer right. who they know. Right. The fact is that police are 24, seven, 365. Right. We have an emergency number and we have a non-emergency right. number. That is every police department in every know, sheriff's department in the country. I never call the emergency the one unless it's somebody in the woods behind my house. Right. <laughs> but the fact is you need to let us know what's going on. I agree. I agree. So our hope is that by creating programs where we're assisting the seniors and the elderly or programs with our school resource officers or our programs with our proactive policing unit that is our patrol division, we can get people to trust us and get people to understand you have to let us know what's going on. We think it's working. Uh, We know that in 2020, 2021, our calls for service at the city of Casey was a public safety agency was was a little over 11,000. Right. Okay. In 2022, our calls for service went up above 12,000. Wow. Now, people say, oh, my God, crime must be up, right? Oh, God. There's only 14,000 people in the city. (laughs) But here's the thing. Does that mean that crime went up or does that mean that people are starting to get involved? Yes. People are starting to realize that there's resources out there. And we think it's a combination of both. Unfortunately, crime was up nationally from about 15 to about 22, right? Mm -hmm. And so – Again, we're not going to get into all the all the all the weeds of, of what crime stats are and everything else because it's important for people to understand that crime has been up over the country. Violent crime right. has been up. But we believe that people are getting more involved because of programs like Case. Right. Because of programs like our school resource officers. Right. Because of programs, I mean, we could list them all out. So we are providing the resource. We've got a non-emergency number that that let's say somebody listening to the podcast says, "Hey, I've got a I've got a mom or a dad that it lives in Casey that I'd like you to check on." You can go to our website and register them. You can just simply pick up the daggum phone and call us and say, "Hey, Chief, we've got I've got my my dad Chris is is living at X Y Z Street, and I would like to register him. Boom, it's done. Right. It's that simple. All that information is going to be in the show notes of the podcast. They okay, can perfect. go right there for all that awesome. stuff. I will tell you when I was telling a couple of my kids about this dumb incident I had with these guys at my door, and I said, "Yeah." So I called you know this deputy, and they're like, "Why'd you call the police?" And I'm like, "You don't understand. I didn't make a report. I didn't call the police, quote unquote. I called." A relationship in the police that I have to, you know, because I wanted to know, are other people complaining about these things? If so, then yes, I need to make a re- In other words, I didn't panic, but I had friendships within these two different departments that I was comfortable calling about. But you're going to hate me for what I'm about to oh, do. Oh, no. I'm going to scold you because— what you what you needed to do was call the police because here's the thing they were leaving they they you did what the right thing to do was you were like screw you I'm not letting you in my house right right, right. you know but I wasn't home I was going into a meeting but the fact is Joe Schmuckatelli was at your front door I guess. and Joe Schmuckatelli left your front door and where did he go he didn't leave the neighborhood I don't know. he went to somebody else's house I and guess. so the, the here's the point and again you know I love uh, you and I'm not I'm not beating yes. you up but the fact is the only way we learn is 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 through through teachable the, moments I sent you the picture I know, of him but <laughs> here's the thing we it happens all the time I had I somebody we had somebody we had a situation recently where there was somebody that was mooning people in a neighborhood Two, Why they didn't come to my house but here's the thing they they didn't report Did it to call? the police they reported it 
on Facebook. No, that I would. We don't monitor Facebook 24 7. Right. We or do, should you, you have to? You shouldn't. You <laughs> wouldn't want us. You want right. us out in the community. Yes. So I'm not scolding people for not reporting it, but I am kind of because it's like if you don't tell us what's going on. Yeah, we feel like it's an imposition to put to, to make a report on something we know is probably. Can I ask not you a question? Have, yes. Are we here for you or are you here for us? I know. We're I know. here for you. But I'm like those old people. I don't want to bother you. No, you need to bother <laughs> us. And that's the point is, and I, and you know, I love you and I'm, and I'm supportive of you. We've got to get people in the community because this is helping us tell people, look, if you see something, say something. It goes to terrorism. It goes to everything. Well, I'm going to tell you, there have been times because I have the woods behind. It's a deep woods mm-hmm. and, it's, and there's a lot of people back there. And there's been quite a few times over the years where I've had to call in the middle of the night the sheriff's department. And I do call the emergency number because I've seen fire back there. I hear people walk. It takes them an hour to come. And I'm sitting there quaking in my boots and I don't have a big shotgun to rack, you know, to scare them off, you know, just the noise. But here's the thing. The more the people get involved, the more we know where we need to direct our resources. In Casey, we've been blessed because our response time for emergent calls, right? right? I'm not talking about a traffic accident. I'm not talking about somebody's bicycle that was stolen, which is all very important. Right. I'm talking about a domestic or a robbery or burglary. Our average response time is 2.9 minutes. and because we have a dedicated police department that is focused on a 12 mile, 12 square mile area, okay. and we have 14,000 residents who we are educating to be involved. Okay. The criminals hate it when citizens are involved. I know. The more the citizens are involved, the more the criminals will realize, oh, we need to go to North Carolina or we need to go to Georgia. Right, right. We need to go to some other state. Right. right. And so it's kind of a combination of things, right? The more you call, the more you make us aware, the more we direct resources, the more the criminals get irritated, the more the criminal, all of these things are building. It's all pieces of the puzzle, right? right. Lighting and landscaping is a piece of the puzzle. Involves citizens is a piece of the puzzle. The case program is a piece of the puzzle. Proactive policing by the patrol division is a piece of the puzzle. A committed county, a city or county council to crime prevention and to, to the police. It's all pieces of the puzzle. So I want to know, we've had the Columbia Fire Department in here, and they do a lot for the seniors. They have an amazing program. Mm-hmm. She was a lot of fun. What's your fire department doing? Our fire department is very proactive in the community. They they are involved and they're supportive of the things that we do with the programs that we have. Okay. They're very involved. So they will be very instrumental in helping us because here's the thing. We can expand this program to other services, um, to other ways that we can support our seniors, fire prevention, you know, smoke detectors. I mean, all and that's what they do. They're also working on a lot of things with opiates um, and that crisis that's going on in the country. Um, And so there's a lot of different. I think different facets, different angles that the fire department. And again, we have an awesome the city has an awesome fire department, a full service fire department. Sure. And they're involved in most all the programs and preventative programs, as well as enforcement programs mm-hmm. that are going on in the community. Okay. So, yeah, they'll be involved. All right. Well, time's running short. So I'm going to let you throw out there. Is there anything that we didn't discuss that you feel like you need to get out there to the people? I think we, t- we covered everything. I think the most important thing is be involved in your community. doesn't matter where you live, whether you're in Greenville, whether you're in Charleston, whether right. you're in Casey, be involved in your community. Be proactively involved in your community. Be, a, be an advocate for preventing crime. And one of the ways that you do that is by getting involved and, and being eyes and ears for law enforcement. The case program in Casey is exciting because it's just one other tool in the toolbox for right. prevention, um, but it's also a tool in the toolbox for apprehension, and it allows us to get into people's homes and find out how 
they've been victimized if they have. Mm -hmm. And then it helps us start the process to prosecute those people that are going to prey on our community because they're not going to be tolerated. Okay. Well, I'm super happy for you. I was really delighted to hear that you started this program. Um, congratulations on that, and I hope it grows and you get um, maybe even some grants or something to grow it even bigger and, and pull more into it that you can actually be a resource of your own rather than lean on other resources in some ways. So congratulations and thank you. To my listeners, I would say thank you always for listening, but more importantly, if you like what you're hearing and you've been enjoying the podcast and the digital magazine, which is at reversemagazine.us, I'm asking you very nicely to give the podcast a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. We are on Instagram, but not very heavily because we're not picture heavy. But I think I'm going to throw a picture of Chief Callen up there behind the microphone because he's a very friendly face. Can I suggest this, though, too? Yes. Your listeners need to share it yes. because you're you're providing free uh, – basically, you're providing – digital content that could save somebody's life. I know. Right? I know. And so just simply share it. Forward it out to people that you care about. Well, I every once in a while I tell Andy, our engineer here, that because um, I watch our stats, and I don't really do anything to promote the podcast other than share it on social media myself, or we don't pay for any advertising or anything. And so we do depend on people to share it. And we've watched, um, I can see how many downloads there's been since day one, and it's grown a lot. Um, I don't know what the number is right now, but every week our number of unique listeners doubles. Good. And I see a map of where people are listening, and literally, we've been listened to overseas. So somebody's got family overseas in Jordan and uh, Sweden, Israel, we've been listened to over there. Canada to Miami and Boston, people are That's listening. Awesome. And new cities every—I can see it every week. So we're growing— I thought this was going to be a small Columbia-based or South Carolina-based program, but now that the magazine is solely digital, we can go anywhere we want with this. So we just need sponsors. We need listeners. We need people sharing it because awesome. it's important. So Chief Chris Cowan, thank you so thank much you. for coming in. I love spending time with you, and um, we'll probably have you back at some point as your program grows, and maybe you can bring your fire chief with us. Sounds great. With you, not with us. Um, anyway... To the listeners, thank you for caring, and we'll see you next time. The Reverse Podcast is written and produced by the F-Suite LLC, all rights reserved. Our audio engineer is Andrew Hayworth. Thank you for listening. Thank you.